Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions this weekend. We're praying that you're having a great weekend. We know that church should be a part of it, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ and and just honoring him and being on mission for him. Nathan, it's exciting on weekends because... That's when we get to go to church. Now, after the pandemic, it's sort of excited. We get to gather together, man. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's it's not as exciting to log on to church. You know, <laughs> uh, you could you could do that. You know, in your pajamas, I guess. But uh, but actually, you know, being a part uh, in person as much as possible that's a that's a blessing and a gift from the Lord. And not wearing masks, uh, you know, who's there? That's right. You can. There's a lot of good things happening these days. So we're glad you're listening to Exploring Missions. Again, Bert Harper and Nathan Harper. And we've got special guests today. And uh, I'm, I've, when I found out we were going to get to interview this man, I was really excited. And just a few moments ago, I found out his wife is with him and she's going to be a part of it. And, and it was even more exciting. Okay. <laughs> and our guest today is Jim Garlow. Uh, Jim, welcome to Exploring Missions. Thank you. A joy to be with you. It is. And his wife, and I, I observe this, Rosemary, and great to have you. I'm glad you agreed to come on. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a joy to have you. And I've known of Jim, Nathan, for so long. The first time I ever heard of Jim was in a board meeting at AFA. I served on the board became before I became an employee, and... Don Wildman, our founder, was telling us about the battle for the family in California. Mm-hmm. And he said, we can't sit on the sideline. That sounds like Don Wildman does it. Absolutely. And be passive. He said, we need to be involved and help. And there's a guy out there that's on the front line. And I want to, you know, help him along. And Jim, I want you to tell that story a little bit. I hope I set it up well enough that oh, you, you can did. take it from there. But what was going on in California that Don Wildman in northeast Mississippi would say, there's a battle going on, we need to get involved? The year was 2008. We were fighting to defend marriage. Back the previous year, uh, to the year 2000, uh, marriage as one man, one woman had passed and when the family code. But then we saw they were going to attack it in the Constitution itself and preempt what was done in the year 2000. So in 2008, they, they told us we could not possibly win this, but we were defending marriage, one man, one woman, in a statewide vote in California. Now, the polls indicated we were behind only 38%. And no, in the history of California, no proposition had ever started in the negative and ever ended up in the positive. So we were, it was an uphill battle, and, and we knew that. In fact, I was, I was at NRB when one of the, one of the leaders of 2000 said, you, Jim, you cannot win it in 2008 anymore. It's too late. California is gone. So we gathered pastors as best we could, gathered up 52 pastors in the first meeting. Then we went to a webinar statewide, and we had 1,700 and at that point, I got, a, I got a phone call from Don Wildman saying, I'm going to fly out and bring you a check to help you in this battle. I thought, wow, that, that is exciting. No one's ever called me and said, I'm going to fly out and bring you a check before. So this was a, a new moment for me. I said, man, what could it be? If it could be 5000 maybe $10,000, that would help so much. If it was 25000 I started dreaming, oh, what we could do. 
try to win this. And the day he was supposed to fly out, he called me, says, I'm not going to make it. He called me early in the morning. So I'm so sorry I'm not going to make it. I'm just going to send you the check. And he says, now, you can't win it there in California, but you can lose it. Now, those words stayed with me. You can't win this cultural battle, but you could lose it here. But that became a motivating force for all the months that followed, those words. He says, I'm going to mail you the check. And the check was for $500,000, a half million dollars. No one had ever anything like that. You know, I told you I was on the board after he told us how much he was going to send. We all got up after fainting and said, okay, that's Don Wildman. And uh, again, if you don't know who Don Wildman is, he is the founder of American Family Association, American Family Radio. And uh, just having the privilege of knowing him and seeing what God has done through him. Uh, but he really made an impact because uh, you know, wise beyond his uh, age and everything. Uh, you sharing with me about one of the first times you ever ever heard or saw Don Wildman. What? Tell us that story. It's worth retelling. At the time, I was a doctoral student, a PhD student in historical theology. I was on the East Coast, and I flipped on the TV, and he was in a debate with the vice president of ABC Television. Three-piece suit, this impressive-appearing guy, up against some guy who had never heard of from Tupelo, Mississippi, with a deep southern accent. Deeper than mine, if you can believe it. <laughs> and no, I thought pretty deep. Pretty deep. Oh, yeah, my. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> and Don Wildman just shellacked the guy. It was. I just sat there going, wow. He was brief. He was aphoristic. It, it, it was punchy. What he said was not very many words. But just, and, and, and the guy couldn't handle it. He just couldn't handle it. Let me go ahead and just say... Because that $500,000, that came from faithful people giving to AFA. And I want all those to hear this. Because that could be from people who gave it $5, $10. That's all they could do. We stewarded those dollars as if it was from God himself. And we were accountable before God for every dollar that was spent. Now, now the good news is we won what could not be won, we were told. And the, when, the, when the final vote was over, 52.3% of Californians, the most liberal state, 52.3% voted in favor of one man, one woman marriage. It took all of us working together. The Catholics and the Evangelicals partnered up early. The Mormons came in later. Other groups came together. It took a whole lot of people working together. But I want AFA listeners to know, this is the first time I've had a chance since 2008 to actually say a public thank you mm -hmm. to AFA listeners. Thank you for what you did back then and continue to do. Thank you for that. And we, we stewarded that with a healthy, holy fear and reverence of God, every penny of that. And it was used in a way that caused us to see success. Some people might say, well, wait a minute, didn't we ultimately fail? Look at what marriage is like across the nation. Well, the, the 14 words, only uh, marriage between a man and woman is valid and recognized in the state of California, is still Article 1, Section 7.5 of the California Constitution. All we have to have is a governor that will honor his vows, an attorney general that will honor his vows to defend the Constitution, because it's still there, and a Supreme Court that will honor its understanding of the nature, appropriate understanding of the U.S. Constitution. That's all it would take to reestablish marriage. Am I dreaming? Eh, possibly so. Well, it is. But, but I believe it. But, you know, being on mission for the Lord puts you in several categories. Praise the Lord for those honest people, godly people that's gone into the judicial branch. Praise God for those people that have been uh, equipped by God to go into the executive branch of governments, so either exactly. state, local, whatever they are, they love God and they're there. And that's a mission, Nathan. And sometimes uh, we think, oh, I can't sing and I can't preach, so I can't do anything for God. Uh, that's not true, is it? Uh, no, it's not true at all. And, and just the fact that, you know, any of us that are Christians 
and we confess that Jesus is Lord, just by saying that, we're making a political statement. And, and we're saying that, you know, we follow Jesus as our King, as our Savior, as our Lord, above all and anyone else. Um, whatever system, whatever individual, you know. But, you know, it's really important to see that influence of someone who's a follower of Jesus, what God can do with them in those arenas, uh, whether they're political, economic, uh, you know, any sphere of, of society. Um, we need to see um, the church have a uh, not just a voice, but a uh, influential impact, uh, even relationally, uh, getting to know people uh, that are decision makers that are trying to uphold uh, the the good of society, what they've been called to do. So uh, I know that's what you guys are 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 doing now. You've probably done it for a long time, but you've got a, a ministry that that you're a part of that uh, is is doing that exactly. It's called Well Versed. Can you tell us a little bit about about Well Versed, how it began, and maybe how our listeners could could connect with okay, uh, with very that. good. Well, how they can connect, first of all, wellversedworld.org. Wellversedworld.org is the website. Uh, I know it sounds strange, but I was nine years of age when a governmental anointing came upon me, August the 13th of my ninth year. I remember it as if it were yesterday. And I've been operating and flowing in that ever since that, and I'm not a young man anymore. Wellversed is, a, is bringing biblical principles of governance to government leaders. Let me rewind that bringing biblical principles of governance to government people, uh, people, leaders. Everyone knows the Bible speaks to individual life issues. Everybody knows the Bible speaks to family issues. Everybody knows the Bible speaks to church congregational life. What they don't grasp is the Bible is brilliant in what it says about the nature of civil governance. God invented government. He came up with the idea of nations, and he is so loving, so tender, so caring. He laid out the biblical principles for any topic, whether it's minimum wage, social security, health care, welfare, you name it. God has the formulation of the foundation for that issue. I wrote a book by the same title called Well Versed, which lays out the biblical foundations of 30 different political and governmental topics. So our goal is to be with government leaders when we can. So we've had the privilege of ministering uh, weekly at one time before COVID. We had weekly Bible studies for members of Congress. We now do them occasionally since the COVID thing, and we were adjusting out of that. We then had weekly Bible studies at the United Nations in New York City. We now meet periodically with ambassadors. We've met privately so far with 93 of the 193 uh, ambassadors at the United Nations. Then we uh, served on President Trump's Faith Advisory Board for four years during his uh, administration. And we meet with heads of state whenever God opens a door. I don't have the connections or clout to pull that off, so I have to rely on God to open some doors miraculously. But we met so far with 10 heads of state, the prime ministers or presidents in Honduras, Guatemala, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, Kurdistan, Israel, Egypt, Jordan. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting some. Can't remember them all. So we've had the privilege of meeting with them. Then members of Congress or Parliament in various parts of the country, whether in Europe or in, in South America. My book, Well Versed, has just gone into Portuguese and Spanish. It's in Hungarian as well. As so we're trying to get it out to as many members of Congress or parliaments or people in government as we possibly can. I think this is a ministry that's well needed yes. in our day beyond measure. I, I just want to say this. When I speak or preach on this, I use this example. When did God give the Ten Commandments? I think it's very significant. Before they occupied the land, God gave them. Yes, we look at the Ten Commandments as, you know, individual. But when you look at when he gave it, how he gave it, it was for a collective group as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And so at 
you know, with the Supreme Court, the Ten Commandments being there, how important that is. And so the governance part of it, God has those principles and, and they don't change once you change. When Let me ask you this. Let me put it this way. You mean they don't change once you get across the Potomac River in D.C.? You mean those biblical <laughs> principles remain the same, Jim? God intended those <laughs> universally for the whole globe. He did. For every country. In fact, whenever a, a, a nation will follow biblical principles, to the extent it will, it will reduce human pain, suffering, and poverty. Yes. To the extent a nation violates biblical principles, they enhance the chances of, 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 of pain, suffering, and, and, and human poverty. Nation by nation, wherever you go, if you see starving people, you're seeing that as a result of policies that are principles that are contrary to the word of God of how government is supposed to function. When I hear that, Nathan, I, I just I look at the Bible and I see those principles. They're just laid out. And, and I, I honestly believe if, if, if you'd read them, you'd nearly have to be blind not to see them, Jim. I, I mean, to me, they're that plain. And I, I, I know I'm simple minded like that but they're so obvious but they go right over their head well sin does blind ah that's it and the human heart it, it's it's incredible how blinded one can become and literally not see truth yeah. uh, so you did mention one of the countries that you have uh, gotten to visit and and uh have a have a voice and 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 share uh god's truth with uh is is in israel and i know earlier we were talking how uh, miss rosemary you You've been there, is it more than 70 times yes. to the country of <laughs> <great> Israel? honor. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be uh, able to share with us a little bit about some of those experiences and, and what, what are some of the things that, that uh, you've, you've been able to do while you're there? Well, the most important reason to go to Israel is to connect with the Lord's presence in the land where he came to live and um, die and to save us. And I, I feel every single person who makes this journey, which is a pilgrimage, which is a holy act, has an encounter with God somewhere because their lives are changed from that moment on. It's almost like being born again, again. And so it is our honor to bring people there, to host groups, to connect them with the roots of their faith, to walk in the steps of Jesus and the disciples and all the biblical heroes, to take them on the road of the patriarchs, to visit Shiloh, Bethel, Jerusalem, the holy cities that are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that our, our Savior, our Messiah, our King, is coming back to these locations. So it's exciting not just to learn about the past, but to be involved in what's taking place right now to build for the future so we connect people with ongoing redemption, ongoing restoration, to meet the biblical heroes of today and to be involved in in what God is doing now, getting ready for his return. Uh, I've, I've, you've been there 69 times more than I have <laughs> one time. But that one time, I just want to agree, was life-changing for me. Uh, all of a sudden, the Bible had, had more meaning. You could visualize the things. And anytime you visualize, it really helps. You, you're not just hearing about it. You're seeing it, and it does make a difference. There's one more thing I wanted to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me see, what was your maiden name before you became a Garlo? Well, um, my name was Schindler, and so I'm related to the family through marriage to the great-great-nephew of Oscar Schindler from Czechoslovakia, who the Schindler family experienced, of course, World War II 
in a most horrendous way, but were able to make a difference by helping to rescue Jewish people, to bring them out of harm's way, death, and danger. And um, he established a, a great relationship with the Jewish people in the land of Israel as he saw it reborn after 2,000 years and realized that God was doing something spectacular to bringing, fulfilling b biblical prophecy in his lifetime out of the worst disaster the world had known. And now here, 80 years later, we are at a very, very similar moment. And Israel, for the first time, is able to bring its Jewish people as war refugees to their homeland. And not only that, but Israel just today announced that they will also allow non-Jews to come to Israel as a place of asylum, which is so biblical, so godlike. The strangers that you yes. find in the Old yes. Testament. Yes, yeah. yes. Very <laughs> significant time we're living in. It is. And I, when I heard that, I just, I, I was amazed. I got to be in Krakow, uh, you know, Poland, in 2014 and got to visit mm -hmm. the factory, the factory where he, those Jews, those worked and saved their lives. They were, quote now, Jim, essential workers. Mm -hmm. Haven't we heard that mm -hmm. in the last few years, mm -hmm. essential workers? Mm -hmm. And they were Jews and they were essential workers and he had protected their lives. And then when I went to Israel, I went to the garden and there was a plaque to mm -hmm. Oscar Schindler and I thought, this is awesome, how God works. And, and when I hear that, and Jim, in what we're doing in Well-Versed, you never know, and this, I want you to respond to it, you never know how one person that you're meeting, maybe from Nicaragua, Egypt, wherever it is, they go home and make a difference, just like the Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, w the history shows that when missionaries started going out, when they got to Ethiopia, there was God worshipers already there, no doubt, from that that meeting uh, with Ethiopian unit going back to Ethiopia. So well-versed is on the front line of making that happen because when you do it in leadership and they see that, it really makes a difference for those that see that, don't, doesn't it? Absolutely. You think of a man like President Bolsonaro in Brazil, he was in Israel. He was being baptized in the Jordan River. He came up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, you're going to become president. And sure enough, he did become president. And why, why it's critical this time, we, we've seen what's happened to Venezuela, which was once so productive, and now its people are starving because communism, Marxism, socialism always destroys everything. We've seen, we met with President Hernandez in Honduras, but that nation, four streams came together and got him out, unfortunately, and socialism had taken over that country. Peru has just had socialism take over that country. Chile as another country. And so now, October, a critical election. Uh, we think of Viktor or Orban over in Hungary. We've been to Budapest, Hungary twice. We've met, I've never met with him personally or privately. We've met with some of his key, key people. And in that nation, how, how crisis, how critical it is, because our current administration, our current occupant of the White House, is supporting Viktor Orban's opponent, who is an anti-Semite and is a socialist, against Viktor Orban, who I would contend that the principles of governance he's following are probably the most biblically grounded government in the world of 193 nations. I heard a report, and it was about Hungary and what God was doing there, and that governance, and 
I mean, it is amazing right there, that small country, and it having those principles to govern their people by the difference that it is making. It's 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 already there. Uh, the the proof is there, but I think you said it well. Satan has blinded the minds where they don't want to hear, they don't see, and uh, so their decisions is is deafening and destructive, isn't it, when they do that? We, we, we don't have time, obviously, to go in our short time together to go into it, but I assure you, Hungary is following biblical principles of governance in ways that would shock the average American. We think, is it, can the government do that? Some remarkable things that they're doing. It's It's stunning. Uh, we, we, we were over in Ukraine, and, and we, I know we hear all about the corruption in Ukraine. Of course, tremendous suffering and pain right now going on there with the invasion from Russia. But there has been a huge Ukrainian uprising in holiness and righteousness in some remarkable ways where they drove back evil and, and, and just some stunning things that the believers have done in Ukraine. We actually met with the number two person, Ivan Belenkov, under uh, President Zelensky, and we were there. We were supposed to go back last September, and we were going. We were sure we were going to meet with President Zelensky. We're not able to go. Regretfully, I wish we could have gone. Uh, but you, you look at the difference leadership makes in a country at this time. Now, Zelensky doesn't stand for everything we do. I don't want to imply that at all. In fact, he stands on some issues that I can totally disagree. But he is at least standing against the evil onslaught uh, of Russia. At least, and today's reports have been exceedingly painful. The difference in leadership. He's being very Winston Churchillian right now, even quoting Churchill in that recent speech was a very moving moment. So leadership makes an enormous difference in a country. Nathan, when I think of leadership in a country, it should start in the home, missional, start, go into the church, missional, and out of the church, the outreach of the church, it should go into the community, go into the area, and go into the nation. It starts at the grassroots, and that's the mission that and that's why we do exploring missions. We want people to know God has a place for them to show forth the love of Christ in all of these areas. Yeah. And if we pull back, what's left? I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, another uh, fellow Californian, uh, Rick Warren, I think, uh, identified four or five what, what he would call like the giants that are really uh, uh, attacking our world. And one of those is corrupt, corrupt leadership uh, in, in, in different countries. And, uh, and, and that kind of makes me think of sort of what you guys are, are a part of really what we're all a part of, uh, is a concept and, and don't want to go too deep into it, but the idea is, you know, discipling a whole nation, discipling, um, a whole entire people group or, a uh, a group of people in, in one, in one society. And, you know, yes, it, it does start at the top, but it get, yes, it also starts at the bottom. Um, and so we're all involved. We're all a part of discipling nations, the pe peoples that are around us. And whether the peoples around us are just, you know, the little kids in our own home, you know, as parents, we have influence with our children. It could be uh, neighbors. It could be work associates. It could be, uh, you know, employees or it could be, you know, heads of state. And that's and, where he's called us. Yeah. My I've heard it, your world of influence. And God has called you into a world of influence of great leaders. And I, I just am excited about it, Jim. And, I, man, I, I did not know you were doing this. I, I, I was ready to ask you other questions. <laughs> and uh, so when I came on board and you gave me this, I said, man, this is so exciting because it is a need beyond measure. Yeah, and we need to understand that, that God will call sometimes the most unlikely people and exalt them 
And though they don't fit into our standard image of one of us, he will use them. President Trump is an obvious one. Uh, I wasn't supporting him in the primaries. I supported somebody else, and I supported somebody else. He was my last choice, quite frankly. But when God put him into position, he somehow grasped an anointing upon God, and he, his policies, I, I served on the, on the Faith Advisory Board, about 35 other people, and we saw his policies overwhelmingly were biblically grounded policy, beyond what he could possibly have known. We look at Jimmy Morales, president of Guatemala. He was a comedian. And, yet God, and he, had a, he had a life in the past that was kind of as messy as Trump's. And yet, God used him to establish biblical principles. And then when he was done, President Giramonte of, 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 of Guatemala. He's definitely not one of us for a number of reasons. But God has raised him up, and he's called him for this moment. And he is walking in the right ways for governmental life. He's called the pastors to help guide the nation. And Guatemala, along with Hungary, are leading the pack in godly governance. Not heard about uh, Hungary, but Guatemala is in that category oh as well. Oh my goodness. Th this very month, and what they did last year, this very month, what they're doing, they're taking a stand for pro-life. They're taking a, a def defending life in the womb and for marriage being one man, one woman. Let me tell you what that costs a small nation. That means the U.S. State Department, the U.S. State Department will come after them and try, and the United Nations will come after them and, and do everything they can. They'll, they'll withhold aid that they desperately need. They'll withhold military assistance, which they desperately need. They will put unbearable pressure on these nations. I had the chance of talking to, we, we met with President Giramonte, and I said to him, sir, do not let the current administration the United States force you to do that what is wrong. And he looked at me through a translator and says, be assured, we will not. Now, for him to make that statement, they'll pay a price for that. It takes courage and guts to be able to stand against that. So let me share with our audience today. That means we need to be praying yeah. for all countries, but especially those that are paying the price. We, we pray for uh, people that are being persecuted for paying the price for standing for Christ. Yeah. What about these leaders that are making those yeah. godly principles? Nathan, that uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a parent. Uh, well, Dad, everybody else is doing it. <laughs> well, that doesn't make it right. And uh, so to, sometimes that parent has to stand alone protecting their children. Yeah. So we need to pray for these countries as yeah. they're protecting I mean, their people. The Bible people. reminds us over and over to pray for our leaders, those that God has put in leadership over us. Uh, there's immense pressure there um, and probably more than what uh, at least I can imagine. You've probably seen more of it. Um, but, um, you know, that is a part of our disciple making is to pray for our leaders uh, and pray that, you know, when the king does what is right. This is my paraphrase. When the king does what is right, you know, all the people are rejoicing in that. And take a look at the judgment in Matthew, Rosemary, Matthew chapter 25, 25. the sheep nations versus goat nations. They're going to be judged by nations. Now yes. Catch that by nations. And what's going to be the, the delineating mark? Well, how they treated God's people, his brethren. So that can be the Jewish people and his brethren, um, his followers. So did they feed them? Did they clothe them? Did they visit them when they were in prison? Did they comfort them? So the demonstration of the good shepherd and one willing to lay down their life for another, that's the definition of a righteous person. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. Time ran out quickly, but we're praying for you. Oh, thank you for being with us. Our honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and may you be on mission for God. <laughs>